Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, June 17, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? The first thing on the docket is volatility is back, at least for the time being. No more chop shop going nowhere formations. We have price movement. We had about a 30 or so point range today in the S&P 500. That's pretty good activity. That lends itself to opportunity. We may still be in the aftermath of Kabuki Theater, which was on Wednesday. Nevertheless, we've got that in the rearview mirror, and now the market can go about its business. So therefore, what do we see on the daily chart? Again, forgetting everything else we know, just looking at the daily chart, taking whatever is there at face value. Okay, A number one. They came in again to the 20-period moving average, gave it a better test, and had a positive close. They ricocheted off of it. They bounced off of it. They didn't close below it. That's what we see from the daily chart. What's that horizontal line at 419.18? That's a specific number. It was around 419, give or take. That was a number that we felt the market should have a reaction in the other direction. They never quite got there. They got kind of close. It wasn't really within, at least in my opinion, the give or take. But we'll get to that later when we drill down to some other charts. By the way, the only reason to even bring that up is because there is some significance when that happens. When they miss a number, whether it's on the upside, the northern side, or the southern side, It has meaning. It's not just a miss and we go about our business. We can take something away from every action that the market has. Again, we'll get to that later. What else do we have on the daily chart? They were not able to close inside of yesterday's close. They certainly closed inside of yesterday's low. They did make a lower low, but closed above yesterday's low. So that's a positive, yet not closing above Yesterday's closing price leaves them, meaning the bulls, in somewhat of a lurch. They had an opportunity to recapture that price. They came very close. The choice was to close below it. We're not going to make a federal case out of it. It's just of note for the time being. Anything else on the daily chart? Not so much. From a big picture perspective, they have had a pullback for a couple of days from making a new high. They gave a retest to the 20 period moving average, and they're trading above the 20. That's it. The trend is up. The moving averages are in the upward direction. As long as price holds above them all, the trend is your friend until she throws you off the rooftop. What about the 240 chart? I think you're going to find this one interesting. So today they came close. They didn't do the whole thing, but they came close to running a test of the 50 period moving average on the 240 chart. Okay, fair enough. There's a nice tail candle with what I like to call a pseudo doji candle on this chart as well. Those are things among many other things that are taught in my course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. We categorize those things. They have meaning. And when we see several of them put together, we begin to call it a full stack. And when we have a full stack, we have opportunity on our hands. This 240 chart is also below its 20 period moving average. However, 
they sometimes, not all the time, but a lot of the time, they will run a retest or a retracement down a portion of the tail candle. Whether or not that happens this time around, we don't know. But what we have on the 240 chart is a tail candle and a potential retracement in the making. What do we have when we look at the 120-minute chart? We have a larger tail candle. We have been supported by a, and we'll call it a pseudo-test of the 100-period moving average. They did not fill this gap. And by the way, that was what I was referring to before. Sometimes, when they come up short of not filling a gap, for example, it can be taken one of two ways. Everything can be taken one of two ways, but here's the way I'm looking at it. So sometimes they'll come up short and they'll get out of there in a hurry. That's bullish. You can look at it a multitude of ways. Trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew or trick and company knows there were a lot of traders waiting to buy the market at the gap. Therefore, they pull up short of the gap, leaving them at the altar or leaving them right at heaven's gate. We do have to play umpire calling balls and strikes. So the other side of that is Sometimes they'll come up short, they'll miss the gap. It looks like what I was just talking about, only to issue a pie in the face because they're going to come down later, fill the gap, and then go lower. So traders that would say, hey, they missed the gap, but they're going up anyway. I'm going to hop on board and chase the market. Sometimes they're rewarded. They would have been rewarded today, but sometimes they're issued a pie in the face. You ever see in a cartoon when you have some kind of cartoon character, an animal chasing a car, chasing a bus, all of a sudden the bus stops short, the animal or the person goes splat into the back of the bus. That's what happens sometimes when we chase the market. By the way, back to the 240 chart, you'll note that this gap was filled already. They missed it by a smidge yesterday, ran away, came back today, filled this gap, left the other ones on different charts open. See how this works? You don't know when they do that. You don't know if they're going to fill them all or if they're going to leave some for later. Again, these type of things are certainly sponsored by Trick and Company. Here's the hourly chart, and you can see here, they didn't fill the gap. They had a reversal candle. They ran away. They didn't really get very far after the reversal candle. We saw a tail candle on two other charts. Here's an hourly reversal candle, and here's the way we have to look at this. If it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's a duck. We use the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, it's going to be a duck. The 20% of the time when something abnormal happens, when even you have this look on a multitude of charts, it looks bullish, it is bullish, they're telling you bullish, they're doing tail candles, they're doing reversal candles, they're doing all the things only to have the fake out, that's in the 20% of the 80-20 rule, it's going to happen, but you can't assume that it's gonna fail. You assume the duck is a duck until it shows its ugly head, and then all of a sudden, it could be the ugly duck. But we don't know, we assume the 80-20 rule, we assume the 80% of things are gonna happen the majority of the time. That doesn't just apply to the markets, that really applies across everything in our lives. So therefore, you circle back to the market and you say, well, if that's true, then why would the market be any different? Because the market is basically a subset or a small microcosm of our lives. Before we leave this particular chart, here's what we'll say. You have this big breakup candle. 
Now the risk is that they want to come down and run a test down near the lows of the breakup candle back near 420, 419 in that neighborhood. Now that doesn't mean it has to happen, but it can happen because we've seen that over and over and over again. Markets love to do that. So that would be the risk of being on the long side of the tape. The other thing is you have the reversal candle, you have the tail candle from the 120 minute chart, the tail candle from the 240 chart. They're pointing bullish. They want to bounce. Whether they make new highs or not, we don't know. But from here forward, from when I make this video Thursday night forward, they want higher prices. That's the look of the tape. That's the hashtag read. What's going on inside the numbers? We'll circle back to stocks on the move after the commentary. It was very quiet in the overnight session. They didn't really get very far. They were hovering around one of the big fat round numbers, ES4200. All right, fair enough. Just stating some information at zero dark 30 in the morning. Early thoughts. We're likely done with the quiet, grinding, all-day, directionless market for a while, a la Traders need volatility, and we should get it. We did get it. The early look is interesting, and we've been here before. Hardly any stocks are moving down along with the indices that are all in the red. Can we read into that? Well, here's the setup that's on the table. The market used the Fed as an excuse to pull back a little. The trend is still pointed up in the northern direction. If they're not selling the names we know, then the overall selling may be short-lived. Yesterday, he ran a test of the 20-period moving average on the daily chart. It's quadruple witching options expiration where weird stuff is always on the table. Are they going to reverse the tape at some point today, a la they did reverse the tape at some point today, and give the impression everything is fine, nothing for the bears to see here? Remember, this is posted on the board long before the market opens. You're getting the benefit of... I've seen most of these markets before. Obviously, I get surprised just like everybody else. However, if I can give my traders inside the numbers the benefit of what I see, and on the majority of the time, and we'll even use the 80-20 rule, the majority of the time, it's going to be somewhere in that ballpark. What if they sell them? Where are the numbers down south that would be on the docket? One of them was 418.75. Running a test would be one thing, getting below and closing below is a signal the destination is lower. They didn't get there, they got to 419.32 I believe was the low. If the buy the dip crowd shows up, they would need to drive price over SPY 423.15 and stay above for starters. Now, just to get a visual under our belt, the horizontal line now represents 423.15 right of the vertical is today's activity. And you can see they never got to 423.15 today. They made several attempts to get up there. Maybe the number today was 423 and that's fine, but you can see what happened knowing the numbers before the opening bell. So today I was 15 cents short in terms of the resistance, but knowing the numbers before the bell, look what happened. They ran up overhead resistance they come down, and what this does is it gives traders a sense for they have an idea of where the important points are in the neighborhood. While price is running around the neighborhood, if we have an idea of where the important points are, it gives you an entirely different sense of understanding, a different confidence level when you're active in the market during the trading day. 
Let's move along, see what else we have as the day continues to get underway. Additional stuff to know, yesterday's low, 419.92. Opening below or getting below opens the door for 418.75, give or take, with a possible roadblock on the way around 419. 417.90, give or take, is the last number on the board, much below that, and we'll need to hit the calculator again. Food for thought, when you see something like that up on the board, and then you see price below a number like that, what you'll know is we're already in the 20% camp for that day. If I put something like that up on the board, I really don't even expect the market to get down to 417.90. Anything goes, anything's possible, but if I put something like that up on the board, I'm not expecting that number. By 9.31, we had a trade under our belt for the day. We'll get back to and circle back to stocks on the move in a moment. 434, while 423.15 was a number that you'll see over and over again, there was another number below that, and we saw this number yesterday too. 422.80 should be some resistance. That's the 934 post. Now we've adjusted the number to 422.80, and you can see here that was in fact the number today. You had them attempt it once, twice, and thrice, and they couldn't do it. So now we know that information, they couldn't do it. Fair enough. That's Captain Obvious's information. But where isn't the obvious information? Well, here it is. Tomorrow, that's going to be an important spot. And I can tell you right now, if they're opening the day above that spot, that's a really important development and there's higher prices on the docket. And if they still can't get through that spot, we may be in for one of those retracements of the tail candle. That's our overnight pivot. And we're moving right along. Now you get the normal garden variety commentary staying above 421.65, and they'll try for higher again. At that time, they already had one of the morning shakeout operations. Again, with the visual, now the line's adjusted to 421.65. You can see, until they really gave it up and started closing below it more than one time, that it was, in fact, support. 10.05, support is acting at support. We're moving along. Obviously, you can pause the video and read the notes, go back to double-check the work. Let's scroll up and see what else we have. About an hour into the day, time to look around the horn and read the tapes. IWM was down. Financials were down. Transports were down. SMH and Qs were up nicely. Divergences. Who's correct? We don't know at the time who's correct, but what we do know is that the SMH and the Qs are not going to just scream away to new highs and have the financials and the IWM and other markets melting down. It doesn't work like that. It can happen for a day, can happen for a day, two, or three, but for a long-term perspective, it's not going to happen. So when we see divergences like that, we put them on the table as puzzle pieces because it helps us build the picture. We'll get to those other markets later. We're moving along. 1042, 422.85, give or take, should represent resistance. If they can't get through, which they can't yet, they'll come back to run a test and a spike of 422. So that's interesting. Write that down for a minute, like down to 421.85. Put that on the sticky note. Here's our visual, 422.85. When were we just discussing? Wasn't that 1042? So they're on their way up there. They're hanging out for... Yeah, we'll just call it somewhere in the neighborhood of a half an hour up there. And if they can't get through, what are they going to do? They're going to come back down to run a test 
422, 421, 85, or lower. So what happened? A few minutes later, they're doing the thing where they come back to run a test of 422 and probably 421, 85. You get the point. Pause the video, read the stuff, go back to the charts, double-check the work. If you're active in the market during the trading day, then you could utilize this information for your personal financial benefit. We're moving along. Let's see what else we have. 1224, 419, give or take, should be a spot of support and where there's a reaction in the other direction. By the way, long before that, they're weak, it's slow, and this is about that time where some non-screen time was needed. So I needed to take a break, but here's the story. The door is open for the lows, but we don't know that they'll get there. It's just that they can get there. And if they're down there, closing candles below would be the next bearish thing to happen. Here's the visual again, but you kind of know the rest. That was 11.15 right in this neighborhood. They rallied a little bit. They finally broke down. They broke yesterday's lows. They made a lower low, sucked in the Johnny-come-latelys who sold them in the hole. Those that sold them in the hole were issued a lemon meringue pie up the nose. Now, had they got to 4.19, give or take, that would have taken a long trade right there. That was a spot, shall we say, of interest. They didn't get there. They bounced away. And once they start to bounce away, you get that thought process going, well, are they coming back or am I supposed to chase it? And by the time you make a decision, they're long gone. I don't chase it. That's why I was still sitting on my hands. We're moving along. Let's see what else we have. I think we have a chart up here somewhere. There it is. So who's looking at this one? 118. So I see what's developing. This candle wasn't yet closed. It had 10 minutes yet on the clock to close, but that's okay. We saw the writing on the wall. Big tail candle on time, 120-minute chart. Using the 80-20 rule, that's bullish. Might get a retrace, might not. We don't know until we know, but I wanted to put everybody on notice that there's a big tail candle on the hopper. We're moving along, see what else we have. It really did quiet down in the afternoon, so it remained bullish. They remained in a chop shop formation. They were just eating time off the clock. Again, pause the video, read the notes, Go back to the charts to double-check the work. Stocks on the move. Out of the five potential opportunities up on the board, we had three hit their price or entry objectives. We'll take a look at GLD, WPM, GATO. We're also going to take a look at CNQ for the kick of it. CNQ will do it first. The first number on the board, 34.71. Low of day, 34.76. Missed by a nickel, started to rally up a little bit, certainly gave you the base hit, and we know base hits put you in the Hall of Fame, no rocket ride, but base hit nonetheless, just didn't get to the number, but just wanted to display the fact that the numbers work. You're talking about a stock that was getting a nice buzz cut at the open, how do you know where it's going to stop? GLD, it's not every day I put an ETF or some kind of fund up on the board, however, GLD was coming into a number. You can see what happened. It did find support initially, 166.22, but then it kind of gave it up and it traded in and around that spot all day long. So it was a dud. Not a winner, not a loser, not a shitburger. It's just a dud. How about WPM right out of the gate? Haircut at the open, 44.58 was the number up on the board bright and early. Spikes through it by a few pennies, immediately reverses. 45.23, base hit and then some, puts you in the Hall of Fame. Came back down, 
but you never know which ones are going to give you the rocket ride and which ones are not. That's why we take our money as a profit at the base hit spot, and if we can stretch it for more, fine. But we are able to turn these into risk-free, emotionless trades when we can put a profit in our pocket quickly. About GATO, 1670 was the number posted bright and early. Enough said, you can see what happened. Went below by a few cents, turned around, went back in the other direction, finished the day near the high, 1794 on close. Now, here's the story with this one. So it did eat time off the clock above the price, and look what happened. It went through the price, but then the price ended up to be support as it was designed first thing in the morning, and then they did turn around and provide the rocket ride in the other direction. But there's a great example of it didn't come straight in. It kind of ate time off the clock for about a half an hour, and then you can see the result. Either way, the numbers work. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Fascinating, isn't it? The close of day is pretty much on our trend line. Isn't that apropos? Do you believe in coincidences? Do you think there are accidents? I don't think so. Below the line, the bears take over. Above the line, the bulls still have the ball. On the line, what do we have? We have a waiting game. Pretty remarkable, isn't it? What about the folks down at the transportation department? Well, guess what? The transportation department ended up taking a trip behind the woodshed. They were making a bearish pattern, a bearish flaggish pattern, underneath the moving averages. What's the likelihood that the next move was down? It was higher. It was in the 80% of the 80-20 rule, wasn't it? Of course it was. We kept talking about it. Now, here's something interesting. I really don't have a great area of support before they really get to this zone that we've identified the other day. However, that's on the daily chart. What happens if we go over to the weekly chart? They're about to come run a test of the 20-period moving average on the weekly chart. So as such, I come up with a different number or another or additional number, 14,607. It's a give or take. There it is on the daily chart, and it happens to be above the 100-period moving average. So it is slightly below the 20-period moving average on the weekly chart, but we'll see where things pan out. More importantly, we know that the transports are my favorite canary in the coal mine. They're my second favorite market-leading indicator next to the IWM, but they're my favorite canary in the coal mine. So they've been signaling lower prices. That's what the canary is supposed to do. Here's a 120-minute chart. We don't know whether they will or won't get to the weekly 20-period moving average. However, we have one of those tail candles on the 120 chart. Now, how many people are looking at a 120-minute chart on the transports? How about zero? How about the cues? The trend is your friend until she dumps you, busting out to new highs. They were hovering around the highs for the last couple of days. So we kind of had the move it along thing going on. There was nothing to discuss unless they showed us something like a breakdown or a breakout. Well, guess what? Here's the breakout. Again, we just have to move it along. Divergence de jour. How about the XLF getting hammered smacked down, creamed, smoked, and taken out behind the woodshed. Now, some of this is linked to interest rates, right? Interest rates come back down, and the price of the financials come back down 
because the assumed stuff that was going right to the bottom line of their balance sheet as a result of higher interest rates, and I mean stuff by profits. Well, today you had a big rally in the bond market, which means the price of yields was going down. That's coming out or off the bank balance sheet, meaning profit or assumed profit or profit right to the bottom line, bluebird profit. That comes right off the table, just like it was put on the table on the financials when bond prices were going lower. But We have to look at this and take it for what it is. We're going to take this at face value and say, yesterday they ran a test of the 50-period moving average. Today, they have an ugly candle, and it may be, and I stress may, we'll talk about it more in a second, it may be somewhat of an exhaustion candle, but it blows through the 50-period moving average and closes near the lows. So it's interesting. So let's get back to that exhaustion thing. So yesterday, you have pretty good volume, and a lot of that was due to the Fed and all that stuff around Kabuki Theater. Today, you have heavier volume and a big down day. If it's exhaustion volume, there's probably not a lot lower they're going to go. But if you have another follow-through day on heavy volume tomorrow, and if you close a week, I'm not saying it will close tomorrow below, the 20-period moving average on the weekly chart, but if you do, and they give up the 20-period moving average, then there's trouble on the horizon for the financials. Food for thought, we're looking at the bigger picture for a second. Here's a monthly chart. Okay, fair enough. Well, we like lines. Let's put a line on the monthly chart, and let's just say that this line here, it's not a perfect line, it's just a line. That was a breakout area. Why is that? Real simple. Market runs up, rejected, runs up, rejected, runs up, busts through, will eventually come back to run a test of that spot. From a long-term perspective, that is going to be the make it or break it area for the financials. Meanwhile, let's say they are heading down to that line, regardless of whether they go below that line later or not, there's a lot of space between current price and where that line just showed up. And again, this was on a monthly chart, but that doesn't mean it has to take months to get down there because that line will translate to other charts. Let's just say that was a general area. Now you go to a daily chart and you find out, oh, an accident or a coincidence, but that $30.50, whatever that area is, doesn't have to be to the penny. Whatever that area is happens to coincide with the 200-period moving average. Now, this will be a moving target over time. The moving average may slope up, and it may not be in the neighborhood when price gets there. Or the moving average may flatten out, and it may be in that neighborhood when price gets there. We don't know, but there's a lot of space between that area and current price. I'm not saying it's getting there anytime soon. All I'm saying is when price gets there, it would be an area we have to pay attention to. We just took a look at a monthly chart, and I got off on somewhat of a lesson tangent. So I don't want you to get the wrong impression. I'm not saying the financials are going down there right away. I'm saying I like the chart, and I used it for a lesson. What about Smash Mouth? Up three and a half bucks today, over 1%. Of all the moving averages, the trend is your friend. They're not at new highs. They haven't made an attempt to challenge the highs yet, but they're eating time off the clock, and the more time they eat off the clock and go sideways above all the moving averages, 
the more likely they are to have another leg higher and likely will make new highs. Back below the moving averages, all bets are off for new highs, and we have a different can of worms that we need to open. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. True and accurate information. I'm going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.